This is Late Night Health. This is the radio show that cares about the most important part of your life, your health. During the next hour, the insane Daryl Wayne and I are going to take a look at some health issues that affect each and every one of us. Wrapping up our show, the last half hour of our show, we're going to take a look at Alzheimer's with a new book that's out. And we're going to talk about some of the statistics about Alzheimer's. Uh, Today in the U.S., for example, every 66 seconds, an American citizen is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Scary stuff. We'll find out more about that. And we're going to find out which is better, bigger or littler, as we begin our show with Kevin Thomas McCartney. He is the author of Big Brain, Little Brain, How to Control Which One Speaks for You, Uh, And I should say that Kevin and I have some mutual friends uh, in the restaurant business because Kevin is also the co-founder of Poquito Mas, which is uh, an L.A.-based chain of uh, fresh Mexican food. And uh, I ate it the first one with Larry Lipson. How many years ago would that be, Kevin? How long have you Uh, been in business? As of uh, next week, we're 38 years in business. Well, probably 38 years ago. So congratulations. That's really terrific. We're going to talk about the fact that, you know, in addition to being an entrepreneur, you're a speaker and uh, you've you've been a guest lecturer at, uh, at SC and UCLA, even Woodbury University, which probably has one of the prettiest uh, campuses I've ever been on. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. It really, is, it really um, is a pretty campus and a, and a great little school, great school. Yeah, it really is, and it, 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 a good business school. Um, how did you decide to write a book about big brain, little brain? What was your motivation? Well, you know, all my life I've been taking notes on communication. I come from a rather big family, and I was always ended up being the mediator in this family of nine people. And so I was always taking notes on how what worked best in communication and always watching, okay, I can see where this conversation with my brothers are going. This is going to turn into a confrontation pretty soon. And sure enough, it would. So I've been taking notes all my life. And then, you know, as I got into the restaurant business and working at myself and, you know, you saw me behind the counter those first seven years. And I started noticing a pattern in the way people responded or reacted depending upon what was going on in their life. And I had to decide when a customer came in and they weren't necessarily being the most friendly person in the world, how do we turn them around? You know, how do we get them back? And and I I became pretty good at it. And then I realized, oh, doesn't do me any good if my employees can't do this. So we, we worked on a training program. How do we train our employees to handle people that are upset or uh, in an in, in anxiety frame of mind or you know just angry sometimes. And what you realize is that in the restaurant business, people are coming in uh, with low blood sugar. They, they haven't <laughs> eaten. They, they, you know, they, and they, they haven't had their food yet. They've been thinking about your food for the last two hours. And they come in and, and they're distracted and by, by physiology alone. And all of a sudden they may order their wrong thing. And it, it happens. And then, of course, they turn around and they go, uh, it goes 
really crazy sometimes. And so we had to learn, okay, these are just normal people living their life. They're just off their game this moment. How do we bring them back? And so we developed uh, the big brain, little brain as a training methodology for everything. And then I saw it work in real life. And I saw it work in different groups that I was speaking to, whether it be high school students or college students, even business groups, that this idea that we react when we're impulsive and we respond when we're more thoughtful and the negative impact that the reaction can have on your life and the positive impact that responding can have. And I think that's the biggest difference between big brain and little brain is little brain uh, is in control, it's empathetic, it's thoughtful, it's a good listener, and it builds trust. Little brain, and big brain does that, little brain is impulsive, it's sarcastic, it's snarky, and it doesn't build trust, it actually takes trust away. So really everything we say has a ripple effect, and so the idea behind big brain, little brain is to teach people to have control of the moment that they're in so they can have a positive ripple effect. Is bigger better in this instance? Yes. Bigger is better because what we talk about is that the big brain is where is the neocortex on the top. All the smart stuff. We know everything is up there. And then the, the, the little brain is that reptilian brain, that reaction brain, that, that fight or flight, immediate, impulsive brain that just wants to snap, snap something out and say something. And where bigger brain is going to take a little more thought before it says something. And it don't need to count to 10. You don't need to necessarily take a big breath all the time. It doesn't hurt to do that. But we talk about a concept that uh, is called neutral. And that is when you're under pressure, you've got a tough day going on, uh, you've got so many things going on at home and, and at work, and all of a sudden you feel yourself tense up a little bit. We give you a methodology to how to get to neutral, which is a space in your brain that will allow you to immediately uh, become aware of the moment you're in and thinking, oh, I better not make my little brain take over here because it's going to create a mess to clean up. And we all know this. If you've ever been to a, a sporting event, you'll see a tremendous amount of little brain activity, especially in youth sports, and it won't be the kids. And, and no, it, it'll be the parents. You see that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, it'll be the parents that... That, oh, yeah, that yeah, do yeah, that. I was thinking of a, a scenario where somebody starts with big brainness, if you will, and they get stressed uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they're, uh, they're, they're, they're talking to a doctor or they're trying to reach a doctor and the doctor doesn't call back. And by the time the doctor calls back, they're livid, or uh, you're you're taking care of somebody, and it's frustrating because you love this person, but they're not paying attention to what you've asked them to do. With an employee, you ask them to clean the counters, use this, and you find out that they're using another product and they really didn't clean it very well, and you go ballistic. Is that what you're talking about, those kinds of scenarios? Yes, that's a really good example, too, because what it basically comes down to is things that would normally just annoy us, right? Oh, it's annoying. I have, especially today, you're on hold all the time. 
right? You're waiting for something all the time. And especially the last year and a half, everybody, if, if there was an uh, anxiety scale, one to 10, I think we're all at an eight or nine. So it doesn't take us much to push us over the edge to go into that what limited state you talk about, where it really comes down to our ability to recognize that and know this, that, that, that we may have the, the right, because we've been on hold for 25 minutes, that we feel we have a right to say something to them about what we've been doing to, but for, from a productivity standpoint, it may not be the right thing to say. And that's where we have to go to neutral and make a choice. Let my little brain take over. I'm upset. I'm just not going to let that out. And the best way we can do that is to control our tone of voice in that moment. Because we all know, I know that, that the tone, tone is the message. Absolutely. I tell that one to my wife a lot. And then, of course, I go into my little brain and, well, we won't go there. Uh, our guest is Kevin <laughs> Thomas McCartney. <laughs> um, he's the author of Big Brain, Little Brain, How to Control, Which One Speaks for You. When we come back, I want to talk about getting into that neutral place in your brain. I also want to talk about meditation. Is this a book on meditation or not? Uh, we continue here at Late Night Health. Be sure to join us at LateNightHealth.com, LateNightHealth.com. And you can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LateNightHealthRadio. Kevin, the insane Daryl Wayne, and I return as Late Night Health moves forward. Don't go away. More coming up. Recently, I met Jacqueline from Bright here in Los Angeles. She gave me a hearing exam and then showed me how to hear again with the new Signia Pure Series hearing aids, and she can give you your life back too. I hear birds chirping, birds cooing, and even my wife. They easily connect to my smartphone. The Signia hearing aids are amazing, and with the charge and go, I don't have to fiddle with batteries and hear all day long. Not hearing is frustrating for you and your family. I know, you don't have a problem, but trust me, call Bright Here Now for a free hearing exam, a $125 value, yours free, just for making an appointment now. There are offices throughout the Los Angeles area. Call Bright Here Now at 323-424-7100. That's 323-424-7100 for a free hearing exam. There's no obligation. Call now, 323-424-7100, or visit them on the web at brighthere.com. Late Night Health is proud of our partnership with the EBC, the Evolutionary Business Council. Check them out at ebcouncil.com. You're listening to Late Night Health with Mark Allen. The show continues in a moment.
If you're listening to Late Night Health right now, you're part of the growing target of baby boomers we're serving. Hi, I'm Daryl Wayne, producer of Late Night Health, inviting you to join the Late Night Health family. If you have any business targeting the growing boomer market, Late Night Health is the ideal advertising vehicle for you. From vitamins to insurance, alternative health to Western-style medicine, Late Night Health caters to the growing population of those over 40 years old. This vibrant demographic has expendable income to fight aging, purchase travel, take care of aging, parents or just have fun find out about the advertising opportunities with late night health call us at 805-391-0308 that's 805-391-0308 or email us at info at late night that's info at late night join late night health as we empower people to take charge of their own health care call now at 805-391-0308 that's 805-391-0308 There's a lot of talk all over the internet about the remarkable benefits of Carbon 60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Greska's Carbon 60 is the premium Carbon 60, developed by an aerospace and NASA scientist. 95% of Greska's customers report positive results from this Nobel Prize-winning technology in just four days. Imagine more energy, better health, and more vitality. It's very bioavailable to quickly mend toxin-cripple cells. This is a super-powerful antioxidant. Bob Greska is so confident that you'll love his Carbon 60, he wants to send you a bottle at 50% off the regular price to see how life-changing this will be for you. Call 720-600-6040. That's 720-600-6040. Visit c-60.com to learn more. Call 720-600-6040 now or visit c-60.com. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Words are a critical aspect of success. How you get your point across is a crucial part of what makes anything sell. So do it right and hire a writer. Whether it's articles, blog posts, technical writings, website content, product descriptions, or ghost writing anything, from a novel to a nonfiction book about your navel, contact Servette Hassan. If you want it to sell, write it right. Email Servette at Servette at ServetteHassan.com. Health continues. I'm Mark Allen, along with the insane Daryl Wayne. Our guest is the author of Big Brain, Little Brain, Kevin Thomas McCartney. And if you're in the Southern California area, you know Kevin because he is the co-founder of Poquito Mas, and uh, they do fresh Mexican food. And uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to have Kevin come on our cooking show. Mark Allen cooks your dinner, and um, we'll talk about that part of his life as well. Uh, before the break, we we started to talk about mindfulness. Would you say that big brain, little brain, to get us into that neutral place is really a form of, of meditation or not? Yeah, I think the reason I, I, did, I left all clinical speak out of the book and anything academically speaking out of the book was to make it a more practical mindfulness. Make it more practical conversation. And a friend of mine had, had said, hey, this is mindfulness, but it's practical. So, it, And I think that that's, that's what it ends up being to a lot of people. It is about that, that instant meditation, if you want to, when you go to neutral, or the instant awareness, because meditation is a lot about awareness. And I think that when you, when you look at, at the different aspects of meditation, it's really 
screen everything so you can so you can see everything clearer and really give yourself a recharge. That's where neutral is in a conversational context. Neutral is that space you can get to and immediately realize, oh, I, I, I've got to take control here. I've got to go. So that's what neutral will give you. And neutral, neutral is one of those things that um, Victor Frankl said it best. He was a neuropsychologist from the 40s. He said, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And, the, and that space is our power to choose our response. So when somebody says something to us, and, and before we react or, or respond, we have a small space right there, and that's neutral. And you, if you practice your neutral, and I, in the book we give examples of neutral words you can use and neutral phrases you can have so that when you're under pressure, you can say something in a very nice tone of voice, very friendly tone of voice, out, outwardly verbal, that will signal to your big brain, take over here. Because I, I know little brain wants to say something here, and we can't let it do that. I think uh, Kevin, a, Kevin, so you're in You're let's say, well, I'm going to use my friend, Kevin. I'm going to use you. Okay. You told me you spent <clears throat> a 90 minutes yesterday on tech support, half of that on yes. hold. All right. Yes. And I, 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 I go nuts. Now I, I, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a yeller. So I, I take a deep breath. And I just explained to whoever I'm speaking to, this is your responsibility. Your job is to fix it, okay? How do you, in the, in the heat of an argument, in the heat of despair, in the heat of a discussion of, of political uh, consequences, uh, different sides of the aisle, how do you activate your 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 big brain and shut your little brain down so you don't say something stupid that you're going to regret. <laughs> well, exactly <laughs> that. I give a couple examples. There's, there's, there, it really does come down to realizing that, especially when you are confronted with somebody who's in little brain mode or who's trying to activate your little brain, who's trying to instigate a, a confrontation, or simply by inaction or by uh, the carelessness instigate your little brain. The best thing you can do is get to that neutral space. I, 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 my neutral word is, okay, what we got going here? <laughs> and that I say that breathing out to get let the anxiety out, but also says, since, okay, you're in a tough situation, don't, don't let it get worse. And I think that one of my managers did a wonderful job uh, at a restaurant several years ago when a lady came in and ordered some enchiladas and a friend ordered the salad. She went and sat down. She, the lady with the insurance comes back up five minutes later, and in this restaurant, the seats 50 people screamed out loud, These enchiladas are cold. So everybody <laughs> in the restaurant is now in, in, in this conversation. The manager goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I will get, make you some new ones. We'll bring them out right away. And he does, brings them out. Seven minutes later, after she gets those, she comes back up, slams them on the counter again. You made these enchiladas cold again, screaming as, as loud as she can. The manager, again, I can't tell you how apologetic I want to be right now. I'm going to get you anything on the menu, and it's on me. So they order another item. She gets the item. She goes to sit down. He notices that 15 minutes later, she's barely taking a bite. He kind of lines the door. There's nothing he can do. And all of a sudden, he feels a hand on his arm, and it's the lady. And, and he's a little nervous. He says, everything okay? He says, well, thank you. And this were not the words he was expecting out of her mouth. 
She said, thank you for not getting angry at me. I haven't slept in days. My husband's not doing well. I just came from the hospital. There's nothing I can do. I, I, I just, I, I really feel like I, I, I hurt you and I didn't want to do that. Well, obviously the entire restaurant's listening to this and they just melted. And several people came up afterwards and said, yeah, we know something was wrong with her, but the way you handled it made us feel comfortable. And so they, that manager and the lady actually hugged and went on, but the lesson that there was pretty simple is that we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what kind of pressure they're under. We don't know what kind of uh, issues they have. So when somebody is overreacting or reacting in a way that we think is inappropriate, sometimes it's best to just step back a little bit, but stay in that neutral tone and that big brain tone of voice where you can bring them back. Because he was right about the enchilada. He could have shown her that, no, they're perfectly hot. Look at the scene. He could have won that argument, but he would have lost everything else. So in the moment, it's sometimes better to just sit down, go to neutral, and let the argument pass and not go and try to win it just because you can. It would seem to me that the key here is listening. Yes, and yes, and yes. Listening is the, <laughs> our ability to read the other person and what kind of mood that they're in so we know how to respond to them. And so in an argument, it, well, a confrontation, uh, the restaurant, that's a perfect example. My enchiladas aren't hot. My I ordered chicken. You put shrimp in, whatever it might be. And you let the person just go on. You don't try to cut them off. You listen. Well, and you put you yourself listen, into that you neutral position. Hmm. Yes. You listen and you let them vent because... Sometimes you, by cutting them off and just trying to win the argument, you escalate it. And so if, if you can take control of your tone and you bring them to your tone, don't follow them. Don't try to out-tone somebody. I grew up with four older brothers, and I can tell you that never works. Uh, you, you, you can't just get louder because that will turn a, a conversation into a confrontation. And so like in this case with the enchilada story, the manager was able to pull that lady back because he didn't follow her and into a little brain mode. And I think that happens with a lot of arguments and conversations that people have, whether it's politics or anything else, it comes down to, oh, I, somebody else is escalating this. You become instantly aware of the moment you're in and realize, I'm not gonna follow them. I'm not gonna do that because I can tell you that it doesn't lead to anything. When two people get into a room and they argue, they, they each leave the room and they all tell their friends they won the argument. Right, so it's like really, it's 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 not about winning the argument. It's about winning the moment that you're in, and using your big brain to take control so you can win that moment, and it will have a nice positive ripple effect uh, on that relationship. Kevin, I thank you very much for your time today here on Late Night Health. We really appreciate it. The name of the book is Big Brain, Little Brain, and in this case, folks, bigger is better. Just wanted you to know that not not at any body part just the well yeah the brain part the inside the brain part uh the author is kevin thomas mccartney and uh, i'm assuming kevin this is available at amazon and other online places yeah it's it's everywhere and you can go to the website if you want to bigbrainlittlebrain.com but it's available on anywhere books are sold uh, BigBrainLittleBrain.com uh, Thank you very much, Kevin. We will be talking soon, and we'll even see your smiling face. I know we will.
Daryl, thank you very much. And we're going to turn it over to you. Join us at LateNightHelp.com. That's LateNightHelp.com. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at Alzheimer's as Late Night Health continues. 